In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. What's up, everybody? Jeff Zimfer, host of the Mortgage Marketing Radio podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. Before we get into our special guest, hey, a quick reminder, you've heard me by now talking about all the success stories from our Mortgage Marketing Pro members and the hits just keep coming. Uh, recently, I had a conversation with one of our uh, superstar members, Chris Coghill out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, Chris, uh, I recently recorded a case study with Chris and we're putting it together and that's going to be available for you to uh, go check out and download. So stay tuned for that. Check out the next episode coming up where you're going to be able to uh, get access to that uh, uh, case study and dig deeper into Chris and how Chris leveraged agent classes, being a Mortgage Marketing Pro member and how he funded $36 million in loans and served 133 families, 100% which of that funding, right? The 36 million 133 loans came exclusively from referrals from real estate agents. Chris doesn't do anything else. Doesn't cold call, doesn't pay for leads. He doesn't visit weekend open houses. He doesn't chase agents. Teaching agent classes is Chris's only method of acquiring agent relationships and referrals. And he's got it down to a science. He teaches 50 to 60 agent classes per year, primarily on topics that help agents build their business. Those are the topics we equip our uh, mortgage broad members with, by the way. And in addition to that, uh, Chris has uh, put together a marketing services agreement as a result of him teaching classes that has 800 agents in it. And it's the primary source of his business. Um, but he's always adding agents to his database. As a matter of fact, there are a total of 5,000 agents in his database that he markets to for various purposes. So the question is, is what does your database look like? You know, we all need a database here today. Like your future business is in your database, right? Both on the consumer side, but also on the referral partner side. Well, do you have a means and a mechanism for attracting, capturing, and converting real estate agents, not only to referral partners, to building your database, right? Because not everybody's going to say yes right away. Are you building your future business? Well, that's one of the things that Chris has uh, leveraged uh, being a Mortgage Marketing Pro member. And it's one of the things that will help you do too, should you be interested in learning more about becoming a Mortgage Marketing Pro member and everything that's included with that. You can go to mortgagemarketing.pro, check out the success stories, uh, grab a call with me on the calendar, and let's see if this is a fit for you. It may not be. It just might be. The only way to find out is to go to mortgagemarketing.pro and grab a call. And by the way, not all will qualify either. There are certain levels of production and experience required, but you can learn more about that on the call. 
Okay, so my special guest for uh, this week's episode is Quinton Harris. He's VP of Bank of England Mortgage in Florida. And in 2011, he challenged his team to go on a journey with him to change the industry's traditional lending model. The challenge succeeded, and together they've become the number one branch in the organizations for six years in a row while gaining the number one market share position in Northeast Florida, uh, closing over $4 billion in transactions. Uh, Quinton is a smart marketer, understands personal branding, and this conversation is going to be chock full of marketing lessons in how to take the number one market share position, close over $4 billion in loan volume by leveraging a personal brand, by leveraging marketing and content. And you'll hear more about uh, Quinton's podcast. He's the host of What's Your One More. He's the co-founder of the Market Distillery, which helps real estate agents become better marketers. And he's really just stepped up his content personal branding game. And you'll hear the results that he's been able to achieve by pouring uh, you know, his efforts and attention into that. Uh, we're going to put links in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. We got links to uh, his podcast. We got links to the web, the market distillery, his Instagram, where you can go follow him and learn more. So uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. If you're looking for ways to how do you leverage a, a brand and marketing to build the preeminent position in your local market to attract people to want to work with you. So without further ado, let's get into this week's show. Quentin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on here. Greatly appreciate it. You bet, man. My pleasure. Uh, and thank you to reaching out. I always uh, appreciate getting to meet new people with different perspectives. And this is kind of the cool thing about the world we're in right now, Now, right? Is right. The, the ability for us to connect over social media and just like have these really cool conversations. So for sure. I know that's what we're going to have today. Before we get into it, for those that haven't heard of Quentin Harris, who is he? What do you do, man? <laughs> Well, man, I, uh, I work currently for the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, for the Bank of England Mortgage here in Jacksonville, Florida. been here for about, uh, really in Jacksonville for close to 20 years, been with the bank for 14 years. And uh, I'm honored to get a chance to work with them, lead an amazing team. And I'm surrounded by so many good people here that have helped us get to this level. And it's just, uh, it's, it's a real fun place to come to work every day. And I just really enjoy it. And I've kind of um, <clears throat> had the honor of kind of passing over the reins a little bit to one of my predecessors here. And Man, he's doing a great job, which has allowed me to kind of step out into another journey with podcasting. And man, I'm real excited about that as well. And uh, it's interesting. People go, man, how do you run two businesses at the same time? And I always tell them that uh, when you're having fun doing it, you're not really running two businesses. You're just kind of, uh, you're out there playing the game and it's a great one to play right now. Yeah, that's true. It's like when you love what you do, right? You, you know, the old saying, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. I know. I know that's one of those things. We still have days that are hard, right? But when, when you kind of have that bigger purpose, you've, you're, you've got more energy. It's fueled. 100%. Um, but hey, let's not shy away from your track record in the mortgage space for a moment. Uh, you know, uh, I'm just reading here off your bio, led the number one branch at Bank of New England, Bank of New England for over nine years. Uh, right. You managed a team of 50 LOs, got it $4 billion in purchase and refi. I mean, you're, you're kicking some tail out there, yeah? Yeah, man, we've had a. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. It's. Um, I would say that again, man. Uh, all the all the the glory of that goes to the team I'm surrounded by. Just a great group. Um, had the luxury of having a really long retention with quite a few people. Uh, I think when you can build that foundation, that helps that growth, that success, uh, and that continuity. And so uh, when we stepped on the scene in 2009, here uh, I bought Bank of England Mortgage here in Jacksonville, and uh, it was kind of funny because. 
you know, people are like, man, Bank of England, what the heck are they doing here? And uh, we used to get questions about like exchange rates for pounds and, you know, just funny cracks here and there. And our competitors, man, they really had fun with it. But what they didn't know is they were just putting the light on us even further. And uh, the more attention they drew to us, the better it was. And so we kind of, we just ran with it. We were like, yeah, we're not the one across the pond. We're the one here in the U.S. And uh, we've had a lot of fun. We're actually out of England, Arkansas, which is where the name Bank of England comes from. Hmm. Founded in 1898. Um, you know, every bank was a bank of a city they were incorporated in during that time. We just have kept the name. The nostalgia never changed it. And when we came over here, uh, our market really penetration rate just grew. And the more people we brought on, the more opportunities we got. And uh, by 2015, we were a player in the market. And by 2018, we were in the top five. And by 2019, we were number one in the uh, in the market with capture rate in our local area and five county surroundings. And so what does that mean, capture rate? Are we talking about purchase business or what? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. 100% purchase business. I mean, even during the 2020, 2021, uh, it was crazy when you look at the metrics for our organization. I remember people going, why are you guys not doing more refis? I'm like, I can't keep up with the purchases. I mean, we were were at 90% purchase during 2020 and 2021, and we were doing close to 750 million out of this branch. We just couldn't keep up. So uh, there was a lot of volume going on through here uh, from from just a pure purchase standpoint. So I want to unpack that for a minute, you know, new bank, new area name, you know, Bank of England, Florida, what, what the hell, like, how did you get people to even, you know, cause I, you know, this as a leader and manager, it's always about recruiting retention, right? That's the game. So I want to unpack that if that's okay for a moment or two is absolutely. Because I know there's a lot of shifting going on in the marketplace, as you know, right now, and there's a lot of people looking and there's leaders that are potentially listening to this going, how do I attract and build my team? So can you kind of walk me through, like, how did you deal with that challenge of building a new brand, a new name and attracting people in, in your market? Yeah, great question. So for us, it was something different. I always believe that uh, when everyone's going right, look left go left. I mean, you can always come back. They've paved the way for you. You get there pretty quickly. But in our industry, there is a knack to say, listen, Jeff, I'm going to go recruit your guys because mm-hmm. you've already done everything. And then those guys or, or, or girls, they make their way, men and women make their way over to your team. And then they're one foot out the door to the next best offer. And so the thing was, I was tired of the revolving door. I've been in the industry, like I said, for 20 plus years, the revolving door is just extensive. You can't build a house on a foundation that's not completely solid. And so what I did was I wrote a proposal to our company to go hire uh, college graduates and MBA programs in 2009. Uh, the market was not hiring uh, in any really industry. So when we stepped out to a couple of local universities, we said, we're coming to the table with X amount of jobs. We'd love to meet the following candidates. And it was amazing the outreach we got at these universities we went to. They were like, here, we want to help you. They, I mean, they set up the interviews for us. Um, they set up the students they thought met our criteria. And we hired right out of college. And uh, we changed the pay program. Uh, we went against the industry standards pay program where you just pay basis points. Um, and, you know, at that time, I think it was like even like a 50-50 split in 2009. You know, people were doing stuff like that. We went against all the grain. We paid a salary plus an override. And we allowed uh, the college students to come in and learn with the expectations of learning first, originating second. And uh, we wanted to get them very comfortable and understand we were hiring a new generation of originators. We were bringing new blood in the industry. There was a major gap between people that were 35 plus and then 50 in our industry. And then there was nothing underneath that. And we wanted to bring a new line of people in that could you know, really take over the business as time went on and as people got out of the business. And so in doing such, you know, it was a great opportunity for us to teach, show our industry knowledge uh, to our new team members, and then also really bring them in under our wings and create a culture that we want, not what the industry had provided. 
mm-hmm. I think that was really important because oftentimes you get people go, well, at my old company, we did this. And, you know, back in 2000, whatever, we did this. And, and none of that's relevant in any market at any time. Um, and so what we wanted to do is bring in a group that was ready to be eager. You know, they didn't know what a door being shut in your face really meant. No, really wasn't you know, this thing that was dangerous to them. It was like, okay, whatever, let's keep going. You know, an underwriter asked for a condition. They're like, great, I'll go get it. They didn't fight. You know, and so it's just all of a sudden it was just breath of fresh air and we were all buzzing uh, off that f- breath of fresh air and just ready to roll. And it created this basically lightning in a bottle. And uh, yeah, I've lost some people sure. over the years because I've, I've, you know, we've, we've had some great people come through this organization. They've been recruited. Um, you know, someone's always vulnerable for the taking, but for the most part, our retention rate is unheard of in this industry. Um, you know, I've got people in this branch right now, over a handful that have been here for 12 years. Um, I've got a couple that have been here for 14, you know, I've got very many that have been here for eight. So we're, we're very, very blessed to have the culture and the environment we have. And again, all that success goes to that group that helped build that foundation and grow from there. So you were able to compete, uh, to capture realtor business for purchase referrals, I'll assume. Correct. And builders. And builders. Uh, we have two large builder relationships where we would be considered the primary lender of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, that was a new field we got into in 2012, because obviously the builder market, we had this false notion that every builder owned their mortgage company, um, or they already had a relationship set up with a nationwide lender that there was no chance. And and uh, that was something that we kind of put a limiting belief on ourselves. And then once we got around that, we recognized we had something to offer that maybe the other companies didn't. And that gave us an opportunity to start off like maybe as a third lender, work your way up to a second lender. Next thing you know, you're 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 bidding to be the primary lender. Hmm. Interesting. So you so that, I love that concept. You know, as I've heard people talk about that before. What what are the was there any potential downside to that plan? Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't make money right out the gate. Uh, the downside is you better be patient and you better have uh, a game plan set up for you know at least six to eight months of that's not going to be a profitable run. You're probably you know I run a uh, I run a PNL branch and you're going to go backwards on that. There's uh, there's there's really not a uh, a lucrative eight month run there. Now, if you have the patience and you can see you know what's coming down the road and you can see the success, it's it's a short term. I guess you could say uh, a short-term uh, sacrifice for a very long-term gain. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's actually probably somewhat lacking as well. Uh, I don't want to make any gross generalizations, right? But in this industry in general, everyone seems to be focused Absolutely. on the short term, you know? And 100%. Yeah. That. I think, uh, I think you know, a lot of managers, like the definition of like training is like, hey, sit by me right here and right. you're going to learn as it's convenient for me to teach you, right? right. So I'm in the middle of whatever I'm doing. And you're going to start in the middle and imagine how hard that is for a new recruit to digest what you're talking about or a new team member to understand. And so what we wanted to do was we said, Hey, listen, as you're coming out of college, number one, my interviews have to be different because you have no mortgage lending experience. So the questions I have to ask you have to be relatable to what you're doing so that I can get a true idea of what, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into here. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is when I bring them in, I have to find this nice, basically conversion from a college world to our world. And how do I do that? And building that classroom environment, you know, we have Bank of England University that we built. Now we were forced to build it online, obviously with what all happened, but we still have an in-classroom setup, but we treat it like a university with homework assignments, tests. Um, It's not just a cram session for one week and be like, you got it. You're good. Cause we all know how that works. Right. Um, so this was, this was something that we really said, we're going to make it work and invest significant time and resources into this. And uh, the result is, you know, what we have today, which is a pretty credible team and an incredible environment. Wow. That's really cool. Kudos Thanks, to you for like, you know, thinking outside of the box and differently about that. Really, well, really cool. 
I definitely, uh, I would, I wouldn't be lying if I wasn't told that a lot of people called me an idiot during that time and that I was going to go broke. And for about an eight month window, I started to question my sanity and, uh, they were, they were right about me not making money during that time. Well, that says a lot about who you are and, you know, kind of how you think and see things more as the, you know, on the opportunity side of things, which probably is a good transition into this next phase of your career, which is, you know, now you've got this brand, what's your one more podcast. So, so tell me about the, the shift you're, you're making here and becoming a digital creator and what's behind all that. So one of the, uh, the premises was we started trying to think as an organization, like how do we outreach to our customers other than a newsletter and a CRM? I mean, how do we stay in contact with them? And again, when everyone else is going right, go left. And we tried to figure out that there's really not, there's really not a mortgage company that's staying in contact with their customers via podcast, but giving them items of value through that podcast, not just like, hey, what's up? This is what we're doing over here at the bank, uh, mm-hmm. you know, verbalizing a newsletter, actual valuable content. And so we started brainstorming on sessions and we really didn't have an idea of what the podcast was going to be called, but we had an idea of some forecasting and economic things of value we could offer consumers about their house that they couldn't get anywhere else. And so that was that was kind of the premise start. And then my kids came up with the concept of, you know, what's your one more? And the idea behind that was that, you know, dad, what's your, you know, when you're talking to people, what's their one more goal? What's their one more financial thing they want to accomplish? What's their one more person they want to meet? And then the possibility started becoming endless with that concept. And so doing this for quite some time, we've met some really cool people in the industry and have met a lot of friends that, uh, that you know, bring a lot to the table. And over the course of this last five months of recording and publishing, we brought some of those guests on and it's been really cool uh, from the likes of John Gordon, Damon West, Patrick Young, Barry Habib, Rob Christman, the list goes on. We've had some great people step in there and do us some solids being on the show. And it's, uh, it's been real awesome. And, you know, it's an opportunity for financial growth and, uh, and leadership as well, leadership growth and leadership lessons. So uh, we release twice a week. We're on every platform. And, uh, it's been, um, it's, it's been cool to last. We just got our first metrics in, uh, mm-hmm. yesterday, which I was, you know, blown away with our marketing company with all they came in, but, uh, you know, we ended up in the top 10%, um, globally ranked. And then we ended up in the top 100 in our category on Apple, which for a five month old podcast, that's from what I understand, that's a pretty cool, uh, that's a pretty cool feat. Yeah. Congrats. Um, Thanks, man. is this still connected to the bank in any way? Yeah, so the bank is actually the title sponsor. Uh, our board of directors uh, decided to approve it and became a title sponsor. Uh, the studio That's is named the Bank of England. Thinking Bank, man. Yeah, uh, Bank of England uh, is the studio sponsor. They've got ad reads. Um, we've got commercials that have already generated uh, close to about 10 applications per month nationwide from the podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, but the ideology is that the bank thought, well, man, if we can get this content out there, you know, we've got a database of, you know, over 300,000 people that we can send this to monthly um, with valuable information. And again, you know, uh, great stuff on leadership and growth as well, promoting the bank. And it's nice when you get some big names in there and you can do brand association with that. So, all right. So, so Bank of England is licensed nationwide. Yep. As a bank, you know, federal FDIC licensed right. nationwide. Okay. So, and, 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 have they, did they pull the YouTube Apple thing where just they're automatically sending this podcast to everybody in their database, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, quite honestly, um, you know, sometimes we send, um, you know, cause we release twice a week, so that's eight a month. So we don't want to bombard our database with that. And so we've got a really cool project that's coming out May 1st, where we're going to start financially rewarding our listeners. And we're going to start giving away a portion of the sponsorship back to the listeners. And so uh, we've got details on that on our, our website at 1mpodcast.com under the giveaway section. All you have to do is register your email, opt in, 
and then put your social handle on there for Instagram. And we just verify that you're following us. And we've got a database system that will pull the name. And then we're actually going to zoom that person into the podcast and give that money away on the air to them. Wow. That's a smart idea. I like that. I might yeah, swipe that. <laughs> hey man, no problem. And so the goal is, as I get more sponsors and I've got a couple more on the hook, I'm going to get to where I pay your mortgage payment, which is in line with some of what we're doing. See, that's how it all connects together. Yep. Because I was thinking about, you know, the old thing of uh, with realtors, for example, if you keep posting, you're just listed solds all the time. If people aren't in market, they tune out. So I was wondering about like, yeah, how do you keep this database of bank clients interested and engaged? And you're welcome to unpack that in terms of like your content strategy. You know, so go ahead. Sure. So, man, so myself and one of my co-hosts, I got two co-hosts. I've got uh, one of my co-hosts is uh, deemed number one originator uh, by CoreLogic in all of Northeast Florida for like five years running. Uh, the gentleman's a complete machine. Uh, matter of fact, I've never seen a person that's this dedicated to his craft um, really? and is a pretty amazing uh, person in general. And then my other co-host is uh, a gentleman that uh, helped co-found a company with me called The Market Distillery, where we basically just take everything from the markets, bunch of noise, distill it, and actually give you what's going on there. But what we found was in the Northeast Florida, you can't go online and get specific metrics with what's going on here. Um, you can't get details about housing, median home prices uh, that are that are accurate and dialed in by zip code, um, as well as other things that are going on. And so what we did is we produced an index called a relocation index. Now, we've been tracking this for close to about six years now, of people basically net migrating into Florida, specifically Jacksonville. And we created an index and uh, paired up with the University of Florida to publish that index. Uh, the Warrington College of Business at the University of Florida is actually publishing our data right now. We've paired with them. And uh, my co-host is a, um, a doctoral student there. And hmm. so um, known him for years. He actually works with the bank. Uh, he's been with us for eight years here at the bank. His name's Alex Stewart. So our content comes from a lot of the headlines. It's real easy for us to talk about what's going on. I mean, between the Federal Reserve and you know our government, they're giving us plenty to talk about on that show. And so what we try to do is take that information and break it down to the general audience and apply it towards real estate finances and really take out the political aspect of it because there's so much of that in there. And let's go with the facts and make sure that our, you know, our consumers are well-educated, you know, when they're jumping up and down on the news, telling us about home prices, this, and they're going to fall on that. And we can debunk that with stats that show that's not true right now. Mm. It's a lot more comfort back in the market instead of fear. Um, but we're supporting that with facts. We're not trying to create a narrative. And so we also do forecast on interest rates. We do forecasts on what the Federal Reserve is going to do. We do forecasts on our inflationary measures. And so these forecasts are what you can, again, you can't find them anywhere unless you subscribe to the market distillery. And then all of a sudden, it's really cool when we see things happening now that we predicted in November that would happen. You know, in November, we're doing episodes and we're saying, expect to see this over the course of the next six months. And then it happens, you know, in a shorter time period. It's cool to kind of come back on and talk a little bit about that as well. Hmm. And this show is being in what format does the bank send out show episode updates? You said there's a newsletter or whatever, but what does that look like? So, I mean, the bank will drop episodes. Um, they're into all of our socials. So we have a marketing company. We get eight digital assets per show. So we get all the reels, the clips. We do a couple of blogs, YouTube notes, show notes, all the good stuff. And then the ones that the bank kind of really gravitates towards and goes, man, our customers can use this. They'll pump that wow. out there. All right. So they have kind of like a selection process. 
Yeah, absolutely. And their marketing team at the bank's real good. I mean, our marketing director is very much in touch with me. Uh, she does a great job of reaching out and saying, hey, I loved this episode. Can you tell me some more things that kind of relate to this? Mm-hmm. And when you have future episodes like this, will you tip my hat? And so they do a great job of interacting with us on that at all different angles. Even our recruiting department is taking episodes that we're doing and shooting them out, saying, hey, listen, you know, here's some value that I just want to share with you. I'm not sure if your company's talking about this, but here's some information. And I know you uh, mentioned applications a few moments ago, but um, there is some kind of a dotted line back to uh, business generation, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reality is, as we get this information out there, I would love for any real estate agent. And the other thing is this, we're actually giving advice to loan officers on the show, regardless if they work for the bank or not. I mean, we're, we're sharing particular things and trends that we see that if you're a loan officer, it might be a great idea to start doing now waiting for the next three months. I mean, we always are talking about that, but you know, obviously we'd love to get business from that. And we do have commercials on there and we do have ad reads that come back to Bank of England. And so that is a goal. That is an ideology of that to stay in touch with our current database. Cause right now, I mean, think about it, you know, the, we see a trend right now happening where the power 10 banks are really clawing back and taking a little bit of control of, of the banking industry, if you may. I mean, there's a lot with what happened currently. You have a lot of the bigger banks that are coming in and saying, Hey, We'll take your money. You know, we'll also take other opportunities that come with that. And in doing such, they're squeezing out the regional banks' opportunities that were once there. Well, when they get that customer, we all know what they're going to do. They're going to cross sell the hell out of that customer. So we have to find a way to stay in front. You know, and I would be foolish to think that there's many regional banks, mid-sized banks like us that can service 100% of everything they're doing. We just can't do it based on our deposit ratios. So those bigger banks are going to get their hands into some of your customers. And if for whatever reason, you're not finding a way to stay in touch and providing value, they may slip through the cracks and end up going to one of those bigger banks. Have you yet had, uh, because you're kind of leading from the front, right, as a digital creator, uh, have you had any loan officers, uh, you, you know, your employees um, come to you and say, hey, I want to do something like this? Oh, absolutely. And we welcome it on the show. I mean, we say, hey, come on in the studio. Let's get you on the air. Let's see how it sounds, how it looks. Are you ready for this? Uh, what do you want to talk about? See, the thing that we found when studying podcasts for us, especially in the financial mortgage, real estate, economics, whatever you want to call it, lane is man, it's not necessarily crowded, but how do you make it interesting? Like, how do you make it appealing? You get the same loan officer on there talking about the same stuff over and over again, man, people are going to tune you out. They're going to stop. I mean, you can only talk about product and rate so many times and what you can provide so many times. We've got to have something better than that, right? Um, and something that's more longevity than that. That's why our lane's so wide. We didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to be boxed into what we could do on this show. The other reason we separated from the bank is we didn't want to be regulated to what we could say and what we couldn't say. Um, that's another challenge, you know, uh, yes. by the FDIC, FDIC will come in and say, well, you can't say this and you can't do that. And, you know, the regulators will put their paws in something like this. And then all of a sudden it's for nothing. So that's why we created a separate entity and the bank happens to be a sponsor. Yeah. And so that's why uh, I'm clicking through some of your content here. You're diversifying the content, your point away from just specific. Correct. Yeah. I hear our theme song playing in the background. Sorry about that. It's just like, yeah, yeah, man. No worries. No worries. I love it, man. My producer actually wrote that song, uh, which is pretty really? cool. Yeah. Right. My producer's a super talented man. Charlie Walker uh, wrote that song and he's got a great, uh, he's got a great hook at the end there, the each episode. Yeah. So I'm going to um, uh, share all the stuff uh, in the show notes to, to your YouTube channel and the podcast and all that kind of stuff. So if people, of Thank course, want to subscribe, check it out, but sure. that's why, but yeah. So I'm doing this like live real time audit, digging into your channel and all that. You know, seeing that you're posting shorts, you got, and this is curious for me too, as I continue to evolve my podcast strategy, you know, you're, you're doing the full interview plus some clips, right? That's cool. 
yeah, doing that on the YouTube channel and then obviously on IG, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, you know, all those major platforms. We've got content that goes on there uh, every day, sometimes twice a day. It's interesting too, because, you know, you, I think one of the hardest parts of podcasting is that it's a, it's a lonely echo chamber. I mean, you, <laughs> I mean, it's the best way to describe it. You throw out this amazing episode, you put your heart and soul in and you're just sitting by and you hit submit and then you're so fired up for it to submit and it's like crickets. And then you might get something, a text message comes across, man, I loved it. It was great. And you're like, oh man, please put that in the comments. Like that's where it needs to be. Um, but you know, the thing with podcasting is just, it's consistency and content, man. You got to keep doing it over and over again. Uh, I actually had someone reach out to me last night on YouTube on one of our episodes and was like, Hey, you know, for a guy like me that doesn't know much about what you're talking about, if you're wanting to attract more people like me, keep repeating the following things over and over and over again so that we get a better grasp on it. And I think feedback like that's critical, critical, excuse me, because it allows us just to understand what our audience is looking for. What was that example of repeat what? Yeah. He said, was well, you could continue to repeat the correlations between the treasuries and the Fed funds rate and inflation and mortgage rates. He's like, if you could continue to expand on that, he's like, I would greatly appreciate understanding more about that. So that was just for that individual to better understand that whole relationship. Yeah, I think it was. And he said, you know, there's a lot of people that don't understand the relationship because, you know, the news has this program, Fed funds rate goes up, mortgage rates go up, right? And those don't necessarily correlate. Right. And uh, so this programming that's out there, and that's usually done because the person writing the content or reporting on it doesn't understand what they're reporting on because they got to report on so many different things. They're just kind of throwing it out there and going. So helping people to understand uh, the fear mongering versus the facts. You know, I think sometimes we find ourselves saying things over and over on the show. And we're like, man, how many times are we going to talk about this? But that was a great affirmation last night just to kind of see what this person said and was like, man, I'm digging it. Keep repeating this stuff because it helps tremendously. Is that like a DM or something to you? No, on YouTube, you know how they comment on the oh, channel? Okay. Uh, they commented on the channel, left it on there. Nice. And then I get, the, you know, then you get the people from overseas. I'm sure you get it too. You end up and man, yeah. they're just, they're just, you know, they're, they're just not happy with what we're doing over here. And they let you know it on there. And I think that's the other thing is that when you're doing podcasting, putting yourself out there, you better have some thick skin and have fun with it. That's the other thing, you know, don't let that stuff get to you. Don't let it burden you. Don't let it bury you down. Just have fun with it and, you know, and move on. And, you know, if someone's on there wanting to get into like a, a Twitter battle, just, just, you know, walk away from it. It's what it is. You know, I've always found that it's easy to go, Hey, listen, man, this is a 45 second clip from a 45 minute podcast. Here's the full episode. We address what you're saying. Give it a listen. If you don't like what you hear, let me know, but I'd love your feedback. I usually find they like it and they never respond back. Wow. And that makes me curious uh, of what resistance individually, personally, yourself, right? Uh, did you have to work through when you made this decision of like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there as a digital creator? Yeah, that was that's a great one because, man, I never really lived in the digital space prior to this. I've always been very behind the scenes for numerous reasons. Uh, my children now are 16 and 15. And I always, I always wanted to be like involved in every aspect of their life, coaching, school, friends, whatever. And so I just didn't have time for the digital space. And, you know, when we sat down and talked about this, I kind of explained after talking with a marketing team that I hired what it would take for this to work. And uh, I wanted to get the buy-in from all of them, uh, being my two children and my wife. And, and they all agreed that if we were going to do it, let's do it right. And so that, uh, that was one thing, putting yourself out there. I never forget my wife saying, you know, just be prepared. You know, you, we all have enemies and they're going to come out. And when you put that out there, just be prepared for, uh, for some things and mud to be slaying. And it did. It happened within the first two weeks of us dropping it. It didn't take long from a competitor, multiple wow. competitors. Uh, it didn't take long from people that, you know, that, that have had a past with me to, to kind of say their piece. And I always find that uh, liquid courage probably adds to that a little bit. When people, we see a post at like 1130 at night or something, you're like, oh, I know where this is coming from. But the reality is, um, 
again, it's more attention to us, you know, going back to when we started the bank, when people wanted to kind of make fun, poke at the name, the more attention you give me, I'll take it. And, uh, and, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll use it as a reason to get better and, uh, and continue to build the brand. And that's what we've done. But you're glad you did it, aren't you? Yeah, I'm absolutely glad I did it. Zero regrets. You know, I was, um, have you ever heard of the card game, the, and Mm -mm. so, uh, one of my guests on my show told me about this, uh, Patrick Young, who is a a former Gator player played in the NBA and then recently suffered a accident, made him paralyzed from the waist down. And we were talking and, uh, he said that when this happened, he and his wife had not been married yet. They were engaged. They're in the hospital in Nebraska and they're playing this game. And he's like, Quentin, you got to get this game because it forces conversation. It gets you away from these things and forces conversation. And so I'm playing this game with my son the other night. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nonchalantly dropped. And they have different versions, you know, for for friends, for family, kids, whatever. You, you get the point. So he's like, Dad, what's this box? I was like, I don't know. Well, I was like, uh, Patrick told me about it. I was like, I, I don't even know what it is. I just picked it up. And he was, starts opening looking through it. And the rules are the game is you draw 12 cards. Each card has a question. If you don't want to answer the question, you got to stare intently at that person for 30 seconds, which is harder than it sounds. And so I'm playing this with a 15-year-old. And one of the questions I asked him was, you know, what have I done recently to make you proud of me? Hmm. And he said, the podcast. Oh, nice. And I thought that was so cool. Like that was the rewarding moment. That was it right there. And uh, he, he definitely, uh, he elaborated on that. But when I got that feeling, I was like, okay, I know I'm doing the right thing. That's interesting. Yeah. Thank you for introducing me to that because uh, we do something similar in our family. We have a couple of card decks that sit around on, you know, mine are 21 and 18 and, uh, (laughs) So, you know, you get the usual kind of resistance or, well, I got to break the cards out again, you know, (laughs) or whatever. Uh, But that's cool. I got this whole new uh, uh, solution here. I'm looking at uh, on Amazon right now. Oh, dude, they'll dig it. Uh, One of my buddies that I recommended it to, his daughters in college brought her boyfriend home for the first time for them to meet. (laughs) He threw the deck on the table. He's like, let's get to know him. And he said it was like the best three hours. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. No, you're right. And you know what I mean, man? That's so true. You know, quick sidebar on this cool topic, but like that's that's what it's all about, right? Is having those meaningful interactions and questions. And for anybody who is in you know the same shoes we are when, when they become teenagers, right? And beyond right. the conversation, it, you know, they don't necessarily want to engage as much or whatever. And so we have to kind of like work at that. Oh, absolutely. It's a dynamic and, you know, you don't want to over pursue it because then they resist it. Right. And and you're out, you just, it takes a while to bring them back. So it's tough. It's a tough dynamic. And especially when you're used to being so involved in their world and being a part of their conversations, it's uh you cherish those moments when you get them. For sure. Well, uh, look, I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. It's called uh, the and yeah, the and man, the it's end. a great, great, different, uh, different style of card game. Uh, they're all over Amazon as well. So you can check that yep. out. Right. Absolutely. Before we run out of time, I want to ask you if you could, I'm looking at the market distillery, which yeah. will link to that market, the market distillery.com insights and analysis simplified. Tell me about that, man. This is a project we are so excited about. It's because as what it allowed us to do is back in 2000, I think like 16, we started forecasting the market. Cause we were like, man, are we growing too big, too fast? Like what's going on here? I had just bought this commercial building uh, here. It's about 10,000 square feet at Jack's beach. And I'm like, man, am I, are we growing too? Am I committing too much too quickly? I'm, you know, being in the industry, you always worry about that. And so we are like, we got to get better grips on metrics in the market. And we found out that you just, it's hard to find this stuff. And matter of fact, we found out there wasn't really anything besides your local real estate association or MLS, but even then the data is limited. Um, so 
uh, Alex and I and uh, the other the other founding partners that you see on that website started putting together some data analytics and pulling from different sources. And then what we found was that the more we were able to pull, the more we were able to compile, the more we were able to digest, we started becoming the local economist of choice. We started becoming the experts in this area. And when we did that, people started gravitating towards us and go, I, it wasn't like, hey, I like working with Bank of England because of this person. And all of a sudden became, I need Bank of England. Because man, they got data I can't get my hands on. And now I can share that with my customer. And now I can be the local economist of choice as a real estate agent. Now I can speak more intelligently than the news. And now I can control my market's destination better than the news can at this point and more accurately. And I think there's a huge difference in that than what other people are doing. And then when we got that partnership with the University of Florida, it just it, it solidified uh, and validated what we've been doing. Uh, touch on that briefly, if you can, the partnership with the University of Florida. So University of Florida has a uh, college of business called the Warrington College of Business. Uh, Dr. Steve Tufts, who's one of the founding partners, and Alex Stewart. Uh, Dr. Steve Tufts is a doctoral professor there, and Alex graduates in August with his doctoral. And so uh, I've gone down there and been a guest speaker, lecturer a couple of times, uh, uh, each quarter, actually, a couple of times. And we started meeting people there. And through Steve, it was an easy connection. And the Warrington College of Business was looking for a way to create a relocation index because in the academia world, real estate is always in the form of commercial real estate, not necessarily residential. There's actually a large gap between the two. And we had a tremendous amount of data through the bank. Uh, we had a tremendous amount of data that we had compiled that we could create um, that relocation index. And Alex and I actually put together an algorithm that can actually forecast the market um, home prices through the next three years here in Jacksonville. And so they were very interested in that. We started showing them how we got the model and the data integrity. And then all of a sudden, Warrington College of Business uh, started producing our data and we've partnered with them. And so now, as you see on the website, that's powered by the University of Florida and Bank of England. Mm, yeah. And I, I also see that there are, if I click on the speaking tab, mm -hmm. you guys yeah. are, you're doing these events, you're in the community. What, what is this whole economic update premium and all that? So we have a free membership that you can sign up for on the website. Uh, and with that, you'll kind of get a 30,000 know, view, if you may, of, of Jacksonville and Northeast Florida with about a 12 minute video breaking down each month, the local market. But we have a premium access that's much more in-depth, daily updates, a community, um, lots of training and a lot more educational stuff on the backside, if you may. And then Alex and I go around town and we speak. It's not uncommon that a lot of real estate offices will ask us to come in and talk, but they'll go, hey, listen, we already got a lending partner. We recognize you guys are with Bank of England. We can't have you here talk about Bank of England. And so for Alex and I, the trade-off for the company is, well, if you, we have no problem coming in there. I mean, we will absolutely not even mention Bank of England, but you know, there's a speaking engagement fee for us to come do that. And so um, we've also speak at numerous conferences as well. And so they'll ask us to come in and give either our forecast for the year, the remaining of the year, depending what time they bring us in there. We're doing one here in May, a large one uh, for about 300 people that we're going to do the rest of the year and give our future forecast for 2024. So do you have real estate brokerages asking you to come in and present? All the time. All the time. I mean, it's not uncommon for he and I to be out three, four, five, six times a week doing, excuse me, a month doing this. And of course it's, I, I mean, we all, I guess I'm trying to figure out how do I say this? Yes, they may have an in-house lender, but uh, Correct. you know, you and I both know the attraction strategy, lead with education. Yes. And so I'm sure again, dotted line business mm -hmm. comes as a result of this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like we'll go into a place that says, Hey, listen, we, 
far from owning the mortgage company, uh, we have a relationship by the end of our, by the end of our, uh, presentation, we're usually getting questions from the audience. Like, Hey, what's your day job? Like, what do you guys do? <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, we were in a mastermind group where they don't allow vendors in and they had us take over the whole mastermind group, which was awesome. It was about 60, just top agents, uh, hard to get in the room at one time. And by the time we got done, two of the agents go, Hey, uh, what do you guys do? What's your daily job? And, and we knew about 10 of them in there, maybe even more than that, but it was hush, hush. We weren't allowed to say anything. And then I look at the person leading it and he goes, you've earned the right to say it. Go ahead and say, it. And I thought that was kind of cool because no vendors allowed. And here we are doing a vendor presentation at the very end. It was pretty, uh, pretty rewarding for us. Well, yeah. And that just speaks to my audience knows if they've been listening to me long enough, right? The leading with education, the impact that that has in the, you know, the trust goes up, the confidence goes up, resistance goes down, right? People are just drawn and attracted because you've added so much value. Yeah. You know, I think we're both talking about that trust confidence curve and how it works, you know, and that's a, that is a huge, huge thing. And in our industry, I really do feel like over the years, advising is a lost art versus selling or order taking, whatever, you know, we want to refer to it as, but the advising portion, you know, we always teach our guys, yes, we would love to do the loan for the consumer, but if it's not the best loan and we don't have the best product or matter of fact, if, if this isn't what they need to be doing, let's tell them like, let's don't be afraid to lose the deal. Um, because, you know, I think what happens is a lot of people get that commission breath and man, they're already thinking that the commission's based on that loan amount and what they're going to do with that versus maybe the best deal for the consumer. And, you know, oftentimes when people sit down with real estate agents, this is one of the things that just, we talk about loan officers that do this all the time. Someone that sits with the agent and says, Hey, can we have coffee? And the agent's like, well, why do you want coffee? Cause I want to help you grow your business, which mm. I laugh because we know what's happening. They're going to sit down, have coffee and they're going to go, well, you know, um, I'm hoping maybe you could send me some business. You know, I close them early. I'm real fast. I, oh, great. You, you're good at all the shit you should be good at. Okay, fantastic. And it's almost like the help me, help you, help me proposition. And uh, that's a lot of what's going on still to date. And I think if you could sit down with someone and say, hey, listen, we really want to help you grow your business. Here's some things that we're going to do. Take the mortgage out of it. We're going to show you things about your market you can't get anywhere else. We're going to show you seasonality trends, and we're going to show you when you need to actually grind out there and make hay while the sun shines, and then how you go out and work your database on those off times and things that you can do inside your database that's really going to boost that. And here's some messages you can send. Oh, by the way, do you have a database? Let's start there. And, and really kind of go through that stuff with them and show them some things that a lot different than let me help you grow your business. I love that you said that. Yeah. Cause you're right. Everybody kind of plays that out there, but then it's like, well, what do you actually do? Right. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Let me have a great business with no follow-up. Yeah. No, that's very smart. You guys have put together one heck of a package and a plan for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's very professional too. Um, and I'm like, you got the, uh, how you got the URL, the market distillery. I don't know. Well, uh, hats off to Alex on that. Uh, he's pretty forward thinking. And uh, when we were thinking of a company name, he pulled that one out of thin air. And I think we were all like, man, distillery, thinking like, you know, a brewery or something. We're like, yeah, yeah. man, sounds great. Let's do it. Right. I was I was looking to see the shots of you guys drinking <laughs> and, you know, unpacking the market. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Maybe that's the next, next uh, update on there. All right. So listen, for those who want to connect with you, what we're going to put all the links that I talked about in here, but mm -hmm. what would be the primary place you want people to connect with you? Yeah, they can connect with me at uh, 1mpodcast.com. That's our website. It's got all the links to everything on there for our socials. Uh, our social handles are what's your one more with the number one um, at all platforms. And then obviously on my personal LinkedIn, uh, Quentin P. Harris on my personal LinkedIn, you connect that way as well. But uh, 
you know, get a chance to check out the podcast. Let us know what you think. Um, the contest starts May 1st. Our giveaway is up on the website. Wait now. a minute. Isn't that just for people you can No, That's for anybody. It's anybody, man. Really? We want anyone on there. I mean, obviously, you know, when we're talking to agents, when they're always looking for a value add to give their customer, here's going to be a free $500 we're giving away. And I, I firmly believe within five months, that's going to be a mortgage payment wow. that we're going to be giving away for someone uh, very soon. And that so is, I'm very excited about that. The bank has a slight advantage there with that program. Being Say that again. The bank has an advantage with being able to roll that program out. Yeah, I think, yeah, they've got a pretty good advantage. I'm glad they saw the uh, the fortitude in that when they decided to be the sponsor uh, when I asked them to do it. But, uh, you know, we're looking for a co-sponsor on that as well. So it's going to be two people giving away that and uh, we'll take the big check. Uh, we've got offices everywhere in the United States and we will make sure we connect with that customer with that big check with two sponsors names on them. So we're looking for that second one. And uh, I think we're close to getting it, but you never know. So I'll put it out there. That's awesome. Yeah. And by the way, just to put a kind of a cherry on top of this Sunday, we all just enjoyed here today is, is think about the ideas you've heard and the strategy and the positioning and, and what version of this can you do in your own local level? Because hmm. I mean, anybody can do this. It's, you know, you're doing it obviously now at a higher level, but you got, you can start from somewhere. If, if all you're going to do is be the Quentin and just be like, you know what, I'm going to be a digital creator and I'm going to start putting content out there that's relevant for my audience. And I'm going to help my agents literally grow their business, not just talk about it. I, would you assume or would you agree people are going to be winning just on that alone? Oh, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I heard someone say this comment a long time ago. Like, even if your marketing is terrible, I heard, I heard this person say, my terrible marketing is better than your no marketing. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. And I'm like, man, that's, that's hard to swallow, but damn, it's right. You know, if you're not doing anything, then it, you can't complain about it. Good, good, good one to end on that. All yeah. right. Love the conversation. Thank you so much for the time. Really uh, appreciate being on the show. You bet, man. Listeners, you know what to do. If you like the episode, uh, leave a review, share it, check out the links in the show notes, and uh, we will see you on the next one. Bye for now. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, we've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before, and I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call, we'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.